Welcome to the Smart CEO Podcast. I'm Christy Moore, app creator and mobile commerce business coach. I teach non-techie CEOs how to streamline their coaching services using my done-for-you app. Like so many of you, I was burnt out and overwhelmed by tech to a point where I almost quit. Fast forward to today, and I'm launching a brand new app platform as an experiment to show you how to build a fun and imperfect coaching practice that makes a lot of money. Let's get started. Hey, CEOs. How are you today? Welcome to episode four, Create Buying Experiences Through Story. Um, This is a very special episode um, that I want to share with you today because I want to share my story with you today. Well, I should say a, a snippet of my story and I want to share with you my buying experience framework. You know, there's so much information on the internet and we can all get lost in how to, you know, create the perfect offer, the irresistible offer. And I want to offer you a different perspective when it comes to creating an offer because offers to me sound a little salesy. I like experience. You know, I want to create a buying experience, a client experience for my clients. I I want you to experience something working with me that you can't get anywhere else. And I want to offer that thought for you because as you create your buying experience, or client experience, whichever speaks to you, I want you to think of the last time that you had an exceptional buying experience. I know for me, it's been a long time. I I think um, for me, <laughs> I grew up in a time in corporate where the customer was always right. And companies went above and beyond to serve that client to the highest level because there was so much competition and we were just taught to just do whatever we could do to make our clients happy. You know, that was the school of business that I had come from. And I don't know if you've noticed, but And I'm going to just go on a limb here and say for at least the last decade, I have noticed a shift in customer service and pardon me for saying it, but I feel like it's gone. Like it doesn't exist anymore. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I love automated experiences. I love, you know, that we are all able to build these amazing online businesses and streamline our business and be able to buy things through apps or online from any device that we're on. I love that technology. What I don't love is when you need help and you can't talk to a human or 
if you're having problems and you need support, you're unable to be connected with someone who can actually help you. And again, lover of tech, you know, bots I think are awesome. But at the same time, I don't know if you feel this way, nothing beats human connection, right? I mean, in a world right now where I feel like we're so distracted by social and there are so many divides in our world right now, and you see it more and more happening every day where, I mean, and, and even as a coach, and I don't know for you coaches, if you're seeing this, but most people that I'm connecting with, they don't want to do consults. You know, they don't want to talk to you. Today's buyer knows what they want and they can go through your website, your funnel, you know, your sales page, whatever it is that you have. And well, I guess I should uh, rephrase that because most all sales now are happening through video. Um, but they also have, you know, the, the worded version within the funnel. But there seems to be more and more divide and less and less interaction as humans. And I feel the way that I've approached my program is a hybrid. To me, it is the perfect combination of on-demand and in-person connection. And I know in most programs that doesn't exist anymore. You know, most of the programs that I've seen purchased, you have no access to anybody. You know, you buy your course or the, you know, coaching program and there's very, very limited interaction with the person that you purchased it from. And hey, I'm all for teams. You know, I think if you have a team of coaches or, you know, wherever you're at in your business, I think is amazing. But I want you to remember that the person that purchased your service purchased it from you. It was your face, your voice, your story, the connection that they felt to you. And I don't know about you. But when you look at all of what I'll call the online gurus that have all come before us, of course, I applaud them. I think, you know, their level of, um, oh my God, what's the word I'm looking for? Their level of expertise and knowledge and experience and success, I applaud all of it because they trailblazed it for all of us. And for that, I will forever be thankful and grateful. However, I just believe that there is just a piece missing. And this is my own personal assessment of, you know, the courses and stuff that I have purchased and taken. But I felt like there was a missing element of 
that, that person, you know, that human to human contact, because I bought you, like I invested in you and I didn't get any time with you. And so when I went to build my program, that was really important to me to provide that one-on-one access with my clients. Now, don't get me wrong. I have a group coaching program and the way that I've modeled it, you know, I'm not working one-on-one for eight hours a day anymore because I'm sorry, but it depleted my energy. It wasn't scalable. Even though I enjoyed my clients, I loved the time that we had together. It just, I was just going in a different path. And as most of us do, right? We don't have to apologize for it. It's just, it's the steady um, path that we all go on as coaches. You know, we start one-on-one and then, you know, we, (laughs) I'll call it graduate to group because we're just in a different state, you know? We, we get a little bit more comfortable, more confident with our skills and our abilities to serve others. And now, you know, as much as we see this word thrown around online, but if you wanna scale, you have to serve more. And that's what we all got into business for anyway, was why would I wanna just serve one-to-one when I can serve one-to-many? And the model that I use allows me to do both, both one-on-one and group. And, you know, hopefully I have an opportunity to work with you, um, to share that model with you because I share my model with my clients and I encourage them that instead of trying to reinvent the coaching wheel, to just use my proprietary model and tweak you know, what works for them and what doesn't, you know? Um, And that's the beauty of having someone who's kind of paved the way before you and gone before you is I've done all that work. I've tested it and, you know, failed like we talked about in the last episode, which now that I have that new mindset of failing, I have no problem failing. You know, I now have a system in place to help me grow, to help me get better, to help me improve. And as I level up, my clients level up and their clients level up. And I'm sure you've heard the saying that when we rise, everybody else rises with us, right? So as we get better, everybody around us gets better. So today, when we're going to talk about creating the buying experience through story, I really, really, really want to encourage each of you, what made you start your coaching business? What was it? Did something happen? Was it a circumstance? Was it something sad, something happy? You know, did you have a baby and want to stay home? You know, did you leave corporate like I did, like your midlife mama, and you're just like, you know what? I'm done with the corporate world. I'm done making money for everybody else. If I'm going to work this hard, I want to do it for myself. Um, you know, I was tired of people dictating what my future could be and what it couldn't be. 
And I know that a lot of you out there, that is your same story. You know, like we can connect through that one little story, but there are so many other stories that we can share. And it took me a long time, you guys, and I'm not even lying here. Like this is, this is like four plus years in the making. Okay. I mean, talk about evolution with a transformation. I consider you're going to laugh at me and that's okay. And I hope you are. Um, I feel like I'm one of the late bloomers, right? Like I just feel I'm one of those people where it just took me longer than I feel everybody else <laughs> to get where I'm at. And I'm still grateful. Like, I'm just so grateful for that because I wasn't ready. Like, I didn't, I didn't figure it out yet. You know, I, I was working on this and working on this. And, you know, I had so many things going on in my life that I didn't have the story fully developed yet. Like, when I first started in entrepreneurship, I thought my story was leaving corporate and working for a bunch of narcissists. I thought that was my story. And then after that, I shared the story in the last episode about me losing my largest, or not my largest client, but my only client when I first got out of corporate. And I thought that was my story. And, you know, as we evolve and as we grow and as we're able to kind of tap in more to what our purpose is, sometimes, you know, we're on this journey and yes, we're living in breakthrough, but we're being taught about breakthrough, right? Like, so for me, I was going through this journey and I had to heal first. I don't know how many of you can share that experience with me, but, and God, I wish I could see your faces just to see if you're nodding your head or raising your hand, but I needed to heal me first. I had gone through two divorces. I am now on my third marriage. Um, I have two bonus children. So there, that in itself was a lot to navigate for me. I, you know, gave up my ability to become a mom. Um, biologically anyway, um, because I had a hysterectomy and, you know, I, something was always missing. Like I, you know, like I've, I never felt like I belonged anywhere. I always felt like that outcast. I always felt like everywhere I go, people would be making fun of me because, you know, I was married and divorced twice and now I'm on my third marriage and, you know, I didn't have kids of my own, so I never felt like I belonged in the mama groups. You know, I've always felt outcasted. Um, and so on this journey, I had a lot of healing to do. I had a lot of forgiveness to do. And a lot of that forgiveness was for myself. And oh my God, I could do a whole podcast just about that. But I want to really drive home today about what is your story? You know, we hear this all the time online, you know, everybody's talking about it, 
but do you really understand what they mean? Because I got to tell you, I didn't. And I'm going to go back to telling you that I was just one of those late bloomers. Like you're talking to me, I hear your words, but I just really could never understand the depths of what that meant. And I have so many stories to share, like all of us do. You know, you get to a certain age. I'm 48 years old at the time of this recording. And, you know, there's a lot of story there. There's a lot of things that I can share. And for me, I thought I had to share every single one of those stories in one story. (laughs) How many of us feel that way, right? Like, I can't tell you this part without this part. And I can't tell you this without this. And what I want to share with you is it really is somewhat of an art form just simply by gaining the clarity. And today I want to share my clarity with you. So a lot of you don't know this yet, but I did create an app and it is called the Smart CEO app. And it's a platform that I built to help coaches streamline their their coaching practice. And the reason I did that was because, number one, I hate tech. (laughs) Raise your hand if tech has gotten the better of you, Um, because it, it has for me. And I guess it just didn't matter how long I was going at it. I could just never figure it. I could never figure it out. I spent so long trying to figure out everything on my own, watching endless how-to videos on funnels and landing pages and sales copy and bots and social media and email campaigns. I mean, you name it, I've watched it. And I'm sure all of you are in the same boat. And it just led me to complete burnout. It really did. I I was in this information overload. And I would learn something and then I would try to go build it and I would build it and it would never be good enough. It would be it would never be good enough for me to just put it out into the world and just say here it is, we're going to fail forward, right? Because at that point in my journey I did not have that mindset. I did not have that belief of, I love to fail, right? It was like we talked about in the last episode, failing feels good, right? I didn't have that mindset yet. I believed everything had to be perfect. And if it wasn't perfect, there was no way I can put it out into the world because nobody would take me seriously. Nobody would think that I was a real coach. Nobody, you know, people would take one look at my branding and be like, who the hell is this chick? And what the hell does she think? Like, who the hell does she think she is being online trying to sell me a $5,000 coaching package? Like, how many of you feel that way? How many of you feel like you know you have the knowledge? You know you have the expertise. I've been building businesses for over 20 years. But we don't think that way right? Like we take our tiny little entrepreneurial journey and all of our facts, all of the data we feel is coming from this very, very small piece of our life. Without looking back 
at the past 20, 30, 40, whatever it is for you, years of all of this knowledge and expertise that you have gained doing what you're doing. And then I hid. I hid myself because I was so ashamed. And here's the story that I want to share with you guys. And this is the story that took me out of the game. This is the story that just took me off the grid for the past couple years. And it's emotional. So um, I'm just going to kind of give you a little bit of forewarning that if you are listening to this and you've got kiddos in the car, please stop the episode here and pick it up again when you're by yourself. Um, you know, there, there is no profanity, but at the same time, you know, if you, it's a very powerful story, it's going to hit home for a lot of you. And I, you know, <laughs> not that I'm saying breaking down into tears in front of your kids is bad, um, but you may not want to kick off the morning like that or the evening or whatever time it is by you and whatever it is you're doing. So I just wanted to give you that little bit um, forewarning before I go any further. So here's what happened. I was in the middle of building my business and I came home from a meeting. I was literally um, meeting one of my business besties and we were talking about me speaking at her event. And I came home on this, <clears throat> excuse me, super big high because I'm like, oh my God, it's happening. You know, I got a speaking engagement. I was so excited. You know, we had sat there over a glass of wine and, you know, we kind of outlined, you know, what her audience needed to hear from me and how I would deliver it. And we were just super, super excited. And when I got home, I noticed something different about my husband. You know, it was um, in October and it wasn't too terribly cold outside. I'm in Chicago, but it was fall, but it wasn't cold outside. And my husband was a, my, he was a big guy. So, you know, he, he, he didn't get cold very often. He was typically in shorts and a t-shirt all year round. But, you know, he was sitting there in sweatpants and a, and a hoodie and he was all bundled up on the couch with like three blankets. And I walked in and I'm like, what's going on, babe? Because it was in the middle of COVID and my husband uh, is a firefighter paramedic. And so, you know, he was around COVID patients, you know, he was an essential worker. So, you know, we had to take a lot of precautions in our family when he came home um, because of his job. So, you know, I got home, I saw him in that condition and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm like, are you okay? And he goes, no, he's like, I, you know, I got a fever and I'm achy. And so of course, you know, he had to start his protocol at home and, you know, take his, uh, monitor, you know, his temperature and all those things. And, you know, when I got home, he had a fever of 101. And so I'm like, okay, well, you know what? He's got to get a COVID test. It was part of his protocol for his job. So we were driving 
um, down the street. It's only about five minutes away to the nearest um, urgent care so that he could get a COVID test. And in those five minutes, from the time we left the house until the time we arrived at the urgent care, his temperature had um, gone from 101 to 106. And I was like in shock. I'm like, oh my God, like, wow. And so the people at urgent care wouldn't even see us. And so they were on the phone with the emergency room and they're like, listen, we're on the phone with the ER. We can't even take you guys here. We don't even want you guys to walk in here. You need to go directly to the ER. So we went to the ER and thankfully, um, it was in October. So it was what, six or seven months, you know, after the shutdown or whatever. So I was allowed in the room with my husband, thank God. And so they were running a series of tests and, um, not that I want to speed this up, but I'm going to save a lot of the details and just tell you that eventually we ended up, um, at a bigger hospital and, when the husband, when the doctors told me that my husband was in end stage liver failure and needed a transplant, life just stopped. Everything stopped. I was in complete and utter shock. My husband was forty years old. No, my husband was thirty nine years old at the time, and I was like, "What? Are you sure?" you know, we're both kind of looking at each other like, what? How did this happen? Like, obviously this is nothing of what we expected. You know, we, we thought he had COVID. And so in this moment, I was instantly promoted to his full-time caregiver and nothing else mattered, not even my business. And two months later, um, I had had uh, breast reduction surgery and I was going in for my follow-up and um, the doctor wanted me to go see an oncologist. And so the only reason you see an oncologist is if you have breast cancer or any kind of cancer for that matter. But in my case, it was breast cancer. And this oncologist wanted me to begin treatment right away. And of course, during this time, you know, we weren't prepared for this. We weren't prepared for this level of life disruption. You know, it was in the middle of COVID, you know, my business, you know, had pretty much shut down for several months um, because everybody was just so, you know, worried about COVID and they were with their kids and their family and everybody was, of course, watching pennies and, you know, which obviously we totally respected, you know? And so I decided to take a little bit of time off. And just as I was coming back with the speaking gig, this happens. And this is when I realized my business couldn't function without me, you know? I had literally failed at building a sustainable business model. And at this point, I had nothing left to fall back on. You know, 
I had no systems, no automations in place. I had no team. I was a one woman show like many of you. And I had spent so long trying to figure everything out, living in fear, not taking the necessary actions because I was too terrified and scared. And I had invested thousands of dollars into the do-it-yourself model and I had nothing to show for it. And I know that that happens to so many of us. We get so frustrated. We buy all these things. We invest in all these things. We subscribe to all these tools and, you know, we get frustrated and we walk away and everything is still incomplete. So here I was unable to show up in my business, witnessing everything that I had been working on collapse, watching my husband fight for his life. And this is my mission. I want you to ask yourself, what would happen to your business if you couldn't show up? Who would serve your clients? How would you earn money? What would that financial loss mean to your family? For us, it meant losing both incomes. We were unable to put food on the table. We couldn't pay our bills. We lost both of our vehicles back to the bank because we couldn't pay the monthly note. And, my, and our home was in forbearance. And if that wasn't enough, <laughs> add the emotional despair of managing my husband's care, terrified of what was going to happen next. And now I will sit and share with all of you, this was the hardest two years of my entire life. My husband and I have been financially and fiscally responsible adults since we graduated high school. We didn't know what it felt like not to pay bills. We didn't know what it felt like to get shut off notices. We didn't know what it felt 